Buffalo Wild Wings Studios. It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I just don't think that Oklahoma is going to be the team that hits 80 bajillion home runs. They may hit 50 bajillion, but I don't think they're going to be the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners that they've been. It's a good thing you don't have to send her a royalty check every time you play that clip. I'm going to need the uh, money that you just won out there at Riverwind Casino to pay for that. You're right. Ooh, I found a, I found a lucky machine out here. Yeah. Okay. True. Uh, Dude, hey, I if, if someone's got to be petty on this show. Yeah. And you're not nearly petty enough, so I have to make up for it. So, yeah. If we're on the air right after an OU softball game, I'm going to play that because now they stand alone with the second longest winning streak in Division One softball history. Yes. Nice. Uh, okay. Now, I was watching at the house, and then I left right after, uh, who was it? Was it, uh, was it, it wasn't Jada Cole. Whoever hit the ball to left center, runner score, amazing slide into home, and then amazing slide into third. Oh, that was Brito who hit that one. Okay. And then Haley Lee got thrown out at the plates. So... They called her safe. Did they review that and, and call yeah, her out? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was in the middle oh. of something as well, but, yeah, I think they ended up reviewing it and calling her out. I, I believe so. Boy, all the replays I saw looked like she was safe. What an amazing slide. Uh, good job by the catcher, I guess, if she did end up getting her. But, um, man, that was one of the – I thought we were going to – I was going to crown that as one of the best slides into home that I've ever seen. That was incredible. Well, I, st- I guess you still can. Um, <laughs> it, may, it may not stand as a run, but it was still a, an awesome slide. And I love that Alyssa Brito was the one that kind of broke the scoring open in that game. But yeah, how how un- how awesome is this, man? It's they had well, they throw three pitchers today. You throw Alex Duraco to start the game, sub one ERA. I mean, looking at it now, she had to be the top player in the transfer portal from a year ago. Then you bring in the number one pitcher through recruiting after her. And then you bring in Jordy Ball, who's played two years at OU, and she's already won back-to-back Big 12 Pitcher of the Year awards. And they didn't even pitch Nicole May today. Crazy. The number one portal player, maybe the number one overall recruit last year, and then just someone who might end up being one of the best pitchers in school history in Jordy Ball all in one game. That's that's unfair. Crazy. Um, I think the bigger story, because we all expected a, a W, what has happened to State? Oh, my gosh, dude. That was um, – they had a pretty epic poke choke last year in Oklahoma City against Texas. Remember him throwing it out to center field at one point on a bunt? But um, that was a poke choke today in the seventh inning. I, I don't – Maybe OU just stole their soul on Saturday. I, that's my theory at this point. Well, I, it was stolen well before that. You know, I, I, I know it was, you know, the sweep and, and having Oklahoma on the ropes there on the game Saturday night probably would have helped them get out of the fuck. But what is it? They've lost like 11 of their last 13 or something so, crazy? Oh, yeah, 10 to 12. Yeah, yeah, 11 last 13 now. And they may what lose has out. happened? I. Dude, I, 
mentally they've they've lost confidence is what I would guess. I have no idea. The loss to Kansas today, uh, that that stunned me. And they got off to a terrible start last night. They had to get mm. they were down three one going into the thing today after a weather delay. Jeez. Yeah, they're all they're all sorts of messed up, man. Wrong time of the year for that to be the case. They I may know not make you it don't. out of a regional. Right. I know you don't, but I feel bad for them. Why? <laughs> Why do I feel bad? Yeah. Well, because they're, I know they're a really good team. And to see them have an epic collapse at the end of the year is uh, its just its painful to watch. It did lead us down a fun discussion last hour about the uh, text line's favorite poke choke moments of all time. Mm. And uh, there's a couple from the 80s, the onside kick that no one thought was an onside kick that OU recovers. The mm. 1988 Britt Parker drop touchdown pass in the end zone. 2013 yeah. in Stillwater. There was a lot of poke choke moments to, to go around. And, uh. and all three of those that I mentioned, I believe, happened in Stillwater too. Tough, 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 tough. Well, um, well Sooners look like they're, uh, they're not slowing down at all. Nah, they, they, they're, they're playing well. Form is still excellent right now. Focused, playing good, hitting well, good defense, running the bases. Pitching, of course, is there. I think I'm going to go out on a limb, Tyler, and say I believe the win streak's about to continue. Ooh. Uh You think they're uh, beating either Texas or Kansas tomorrow in the championship game? As of right now, things can change. I can change my opinion i reserve the right to to change my pick all the way up until first pitch but as of right now i'm picking oklahoma to win i think mike white is a coward if he wins tonight and doesn't uh, double down on his comments from a couple of months ago on the uh, OU, you know what i mean yeah i don't think he's going to i think he should might as well lean into the villain role yeah because you know the next day i'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said like, he kind of backed out, but he really doubled down again whenever he backed out. What was it he said? Something like, uh, I didn't say it. I may I have mean, alluded insinuated. to it. I or, may yeah, have insinuated that I said it. It's like, whoa, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> he had like 24 hours to think of a, an apology, rebuttal, or whatever, and that's what you come up with? Dude, yeah. that sounds even worse than the first comment. Uh, that's great. That's great. So, well, yes, if OU beats Texas tomorrow afternoon, first uh, pitches at 2 p.m., uh, once again, I will live up to my word. I will be tweeting out the same photo I did last time of Mike White with the uh, clown nose on. Really uh, looking forward to that, yeah. Clown nose and double birds, or? No, I just tweeted out a picture last time of Mike White with the clown nose on. Okay. So that, that's going to be happening again. All right. Well, good stuff. Yeah, no, all is uh, well with the softball program right now. Um, 42 game win streak and how about a crowd they got out there for a 1 p.m. start on a Friday afternoon place was not packed. It, it was packed but not a shock at all not a shock they're going to uh, they're going to draw a big crowd wherever they go of Sooner fans that's why we heard what was it Patty Gasso was like was wanting to go on the road somewhere and play in a difficult environment uh, you know because they go on the road all the time and She's like, yes, it's a packed crowd, and then they walk in and they're getting Boomer Sooner chants from, you know, Sooner fans packing the places that they're going to play on the road. So uh, it's not a shock at all, and that's going to continue, I think. Yeah. 
CD from Hockley. Here's a text for the 918. A couple of them saying Haley Lee was totally safe. That, imp that umpire couldn't find his rear with both hands, rear end with both hands. Well, he called her safe at first whenever he was right there yeah. at the plate. There must have been something on review. She got it on the side of the helmet is what happened there. Oh, Catcher, okay. like brushed her face mask essentially. So that's, yeah. that's what it was. Kendall says, Teddy has me worried that he has sympathy for the pokes. I know, Kendall. Well, what's wrong with that? I just because I think that more than anyone, you should have just a deep hate. And I think that you used to harbor a deep hate for those guys after the 0-2 and 0-3 games. Yeah. But you've softened – or no, 0-1 and 0-2, sorry. You've uh, softened up quite a bit on those guys up there. I have. That's true. Um, I like Mike Gundy a lot. For multiple reasons. Number one, I think he's a hell of a football coach. Number two, I think he's a constant. Uh, he produces some of the best entertainment yes, in the entire he's, state. He's what's best for our show. Right. Um, that's kind of where it stops. Like, I, I respect them whenever they've got a good football team, whenever, you know, they have good players, and which happens often. Um. Whenever we play them, there is no doubt it is, that is all gone. I probably dislike the fans more than I dislike the team. <laughs> well, I think that goes for most college football programs. A and M yeah. maybe being the exception a little bit with their current head coach, but um, but that that's really the reason, mostly why you hate other programs is like the fans have a a, a large a, you know. A, a, OU hates yeah. LSU because of their fans, right? Like, that's the, the, the example. Yes. Well, all of that was just a long way of me saying, well, I cheer for them when they're not playing <laughs> OU. Teddy does uh, have a house divided uh, plate on the front of his truck. House divided. <laughs> I, do. I got the mailbox. And the house mat as well when he walks in. Which, did the, uh, did the house mat get blown away last night? It looked like that was another close call for you. It was close. Not as close as the as the tornado a couple of weeks ago. This one was like a half a mile away, so you know, we were we were comfortable you didn't even last break a sweat night. Last night, no. that's good to hear. No, but let me tell you, the same exact problem that I talked about yesterday happened exactly as I said it would. As soon as there's a tornado, pain like loses his mind, freaks out, doesn't know what to do, but sit there with his jaw on the floor talking about, oh, look at it, there it is, spinning up again. Yeah, zoom in on it. Yeah, we can see that. You can do like a quad box, and you won't even show us where the map is. I'd like to see if it's about to come directly into my neighborhood, please. Just show the map every now and then. That's my only now, piece. Now, here's Goldsby. Here's Rocky Kalmus' house right here. You're only seeing this on News 9. Rocky Kalmus' house is right here. You're only seeing this, this on exclusive. News 9. Uh, <laughs> why doesn't uh, David Payne leave News 9 and host like a Red Zone-style show for tornadoes across the country? That's a, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Like when a tornado is close to dropping, he's on the Red Zone channel. Every day know. during the month of May, that would be that'd be entertaining. Okay, since we're talking about it, I've got another beef. Oh, God, here I we mean, go. It's going to be one of those days. Well, it's clear. I, 
it's no secret that everyone at the news station is rooting for tornadoes, right? Yeah. They want tornadoes. We all know that. We get it. We disagree with it. But we get it. Now, last night, you got the tornado that was coming. Oh, it was, it was, it was west of Norman, okay? And it was, I don't even know if it ever really technically was a tornado. But anyways, it's moving northeast, okay? And you can see it plain as day. It's been moving northeast the entire day. And it's not going to hit Norman. It's clear that it's not going to hit Norman. It's going to be west of Norman. It's just going to track right by it and barely miss on the north side of Norman. Well, you can see, like, the radar as it's moving, it's going northeast, and he draws, like, the future track and takes it straight sideways <laughs> into the, the city of Norman. Like, it's going to hang uh, a right-hand turn. It's like, it's coming. Here it comes. I'm like... No, it's not. Yeah. I told my wife, I was like, come watch this. He and, rerouted uh, the tornado on like yeah. Apple Maps or something, like it had directions. Yeah. It's like we got to make sure that, you know, everyone in Norman stays tuned because this thing's not, it's definitely not going on the north side. It's going to make a right hand turn and track directly into the center of Norman. Unbelievable. All right. Well, what a way to start a Friday. You got anything else that annoyed you from last night <laughs> other than that? Other than the tornado that was half of a mile away? Uh, Reed, no. Reed Timmer was pretty disappointed because he picked the wrong storms last night. Yeah, he bailed pretty quickly yeah. and went south, didn't he? Yeah. Were you watching it last night, too? He was I headed watched, down to Texas pretty quick. Yeah, I watched for a while. Then he bounced and, and headed down to Texas, and then I uh, I got off of it switched. Kendall says, are you guys friends with Aaron Tuttle? I, I am not friends with Aaron Tuttle. Uh, I believe Aaron Tuttle is a Texas A&M grad, so that's going to be a pretty tough thing for us to overcome <laughs> if we ever get into a situation to become friends. That's going to be a pretty big hurdle, I think, for both of us. So I would say not likely in the future. Not friends, no. Um, not enemies. Don't know him at all. But I know a lot of people do um, do follow him, right? Oh, yeah. No, I think he does a good job. It's just he's an A&M grad, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Dang, Tyler, a weather red zone channel would be amazing. Every stay-at-home mom in America could finally replace their true crime addictions with David Payne. It's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. That would be good, but, you know, I don't know if uh, – it's a pretty – it's a pretty small group of people that are, like, really into it and that would – that would watch that, and I don't know that you have it often enough to require a red zone style. I mean, that's really what what you get on nights like last night yeah. when you got chasers all could over the place. Think, could you imagine how psycho would he would be going like, "Let's go to let's go to Urbandale, Iowa. They're inside the twenty here. They're inside the Urbandale. <laughs> go down to Meridian, Mississippi. They're inside the ten here right now. Here, here, here we go. Like just switching all over the. It would be wild, man. Hilarious. Oh, it would be wild. A uh, few more. A Twister tracker was overheard saying that tornadoes were, quote, money makers. Uh, I, I saw that on. Few people are texting that in now. I do believe one of them called a tornado the money maker last night. Huh. Yeah. I, I saw that coming across from some people on on Twitter. Um, well, here's the thing. For chasers and 
people that make a living shooting video of them and stuff like that. It is a moneymaker. Whether we want to believe it or not, the news stations, the ratings-wise, they're moneymakers for them. So it's not a lie. (laughs) You know, it's not. But maybe don't say that over the air. I I don't know. There's some things that are best left unsaid. Sean says, please refer to the news station as the Halls of Justice. That's where superheroes reside. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, every time uh, Payne says this is a News 9 exclusive, you're only going to see this on News. Is he sure about that? No. Is there literally no one else that gets a video of tornadoes? I guess um, we just got a a text on this. Funny tweet from the Lost Ogle last night. David Payne just falsely claimed that a tornado that had been on KOCO for a few minutes was only on News 9. You're only seeing this on News 9. You're only seeing it right here, and it had been on Channel 5 for like three minutes, apparently. Right. That's what I, was, I was wondering that last night. I was like, he keeps saying that. I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, but, hey, I think it's good tactics, actually, because if, you, if you're sitting there and you don't, like, you don't think about stuff like that, you say, well, gosh, I better keep it here. They're the only ones that are getting shots of the tornadoes. Would you watch Jimbo Fisher uh, host a tornado event live on a news channel for two hours? He, He's actually made for that. He's made for that. We got a tornado on the ground right here. You wanted to see tornado, didn't you? You guys wanted to see real hail. You know, you guys <laughs> want to see real hail. Here, here it is. You, you wanted to see it. You want to see the chain. Here's real hail. Oh, God. He would never stop for two hours. Okay. Let's hit a timeout. Everyone keep hitting the Knippelmeyer text on 651-3439. I'm at Riverwind, as you guys can hear. You can hear the beeps and the music and everything going off in the background. Let's have a fun Friday, shall we? Let's hit an opening timeout. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let... So get on board and stand up to cancer with us. To learn more about how you can support this groundbreaking effort and get advantage miles, go to standuptocancer.org slash American Airlines. It is the rush on the ref. It's a Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Real quick on the uh, text line, and then we'll uh, move on. Being surprised, this is their uh, first text, by the way, from the 405. Being surprised or offended that news stations and storm chasers make money on tornadoes or storms in general is like being offended that the ref makes money on broadcasting. One, laughing face emoji. It's literally their job. Four, laughing face emojis. So, uh, I don't know. That's true. I mean, I. I don't know if anyone's super well, offended. Some may be offended at the moneymaker uh, call, but I think we all understand the situation. And I, I, I get the point of what the texter is saying. And the point is correct. But even though some people may want to, people aren't dying during our broadcast, right? Uh, and losing their homes and property and... Uh, that's kind of the thing. Like, it's not about people out doing their job making money. We get that. 
and some things are, you know, it's it's just it's just built in. But like, there's a, an amount of human suffering that's happening, and whenever you look like you're cheering for that while you're covering it, that's kind of where the beef is. But I do get the point of the text. Yeah. Uh, this is old Sooner just left the game. Booma. If the Big 12 wants to get the championship game, uh, championship game played, it will either be tonight or move to 10 a.m. tomorrow. Rainouts or delays the rest of Saturday and worse on Sunday. Don't tell David Payne. Is that right? I, I don't know if that's been announced. I know, uh, what is it, 2 p.m. tomorrow, I believe, is the championship game time. So, okay, okay I'll keep my eyes on that one. Aren't we oh, supposed to have storms all night tonight, too? Uh, I mean, isn't probably. That? I think it's an all-weekend thing. Allegedly. Yeah. May have to uh, just figure a way to punch it out as soon as you get a little bit of a window, regardless of what the field is like, I guess. I Maybe Mike White will beat Kansas and he'll just uh, forfeit so he doesn't have to get booed all day tomorrow. Not take an L? Yeah, not take another one. He's already taken enough L's this year. Hey, right. uh, your buddy Eli Manning, old buddy Eli Manning, Says he tried to get his extra COVID year last year at Ole Miss. We had about uh, 12 of us that all redshirted. And, you know, so fifth-year seniors going to play our last game together. So get to share that and share a win with them. I actually uh, reached out last year. I was asking. I love college football so much. I asked if I could get my COVID year and go back to college and play a sixth year. But I got rejected. Too bad that couldn't happen. Too bad Eli Manning couldn't go back to Ole Miss for one more year. Too bad you couldn't go back to OU for one more year. So you guys could meet up again at the awards ceremony and prank call uh, Britney Spears' dad like you did back in 2003. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Eli actually could do it because he plays a position where, you know, you not as taxing, I don't think, as some of the others, but uh, that would be cool. If you could retroactively go back and get any years of eligibility you may have left. If you didn't play enough to uh, to take your your red shirt year or whatever um, after they changed that rule and maybe get a COVID year in there, that would be fun. So were you the one that actually called Britney Spears' dad and got the digits from Eli? Yeah. Or was Eli the one that actually called? No, I called. <laughs> and oh, we were in, beautiful. We were in Arizona, <laughs> and it was like, 3 a.m. in Arizona, and so what? Louisiana Central, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It would would have either been four it, or five. It clearly woke on, the, it clearly woke the man up. Is how I understand yeah. the story. Yeah, and I said that I was like, "The LAPD, uh, your daughter's been arrested out here." Little did I know at the time. That it was a foreshadowing of events coming up, uh, perhaps. Seriously, but, man, that's what turned uh, it so all that around. So that would have been that would have been two thousand and that would have been like spring of two thousand and three. So, uh, or I guess early summer. Like it was like late May, early June. I guess. Where where uh, where was that at in the hierarchy of your party stories uh, after college? Your first few years in the NFL. Well, I wasn't in, no, I was still in college. No, I, I know. I'm just talking about once you got to the NFL, like after that experience happened. Where, like, oh. like, yeah, the, the few years after that. Was that a pretty popular party story for you? 
pretty popular uh, thing to, to tell? I don't know. Maybe. I think it was it was more fun to tell, like, the guys when I got back to, like, summer workouts in college <laughs> about it than it was in the NFL. Um, it was pretty funny. Because at the time, like, it was Eli Manning, but it wasn't Super Bowl winning sure. Eli yeah, Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he was at Old I'm Miss. sure everyone knew who he was, or most people did, but yeah. at, at that point he was probably Peyton's younger brother. In yeah. some ways he still is, but he's he's pretty established himself now. Right. So, no, it was, it was funny. Yeah, he uh, like I said, uh, her dad was not happy. I mean, like, violently upset. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. A prank call that his daughter's been arrested? Huh. He was violently upset in the middle of the night. I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, listen, you get a prank call, you just hang up, right? It was, um, I, I hung up thinking, man, that really escalated more than I thought it was going to. <laughs> well, my question is, how many times did Eli get, like, you were just the one that we know about. How many times did Eli get someone to, to, to do that prank call, you know? Like, surely you weren't the first and only well, one. I probably, because he was very reluctant giving me the number to let me call. Like, I worked on him for like an hour before we actually uh, Oh, made the shucks. Phone call. No, he's sleeping, Teddy. Come on, man. You can't wake <laughs> him up. Uh, good stuff. Uh, text line, OU softball flex today from the 405. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, 9 nothing, and they just came out hot. You know, that's. Today was one of those games where you just blink and they're up three nothing, and yeah. though three nothing doesn't necessarily have to be a a death sentence, it kind of is against OU. You know, like you get down, you get down three nothing against this team, especially if it's in like the top of the first inning, and you know what they have in the circle. When it doesn't matter any of the three starters, you know what they have in the circle. Three nothing in most games doesn't have to be like the game is over, but. It really, I'm sure it's like a sinking feeling for the other team. Like, yeah, this one's over. We, yeah. we, like, we, don't, we got no chance to get back into this one. Right. That's why, well, like, they, they just have the ability of just to throw a knockout haymaker in the first two innings. Yep. Yep. That's right. It's, um, you, you got to be frustrated as a, as a pitcher. You go up there, you've got, you've probably built this up in your in your mind about what you're going to do and how it's going to go and you give up a bunch of runs in the first inning it's like dang it it's hard to recover from that i'm sure it's hard to recover from it mentally but it's also hard to recover from it because yeah it's like the the flood is not going to stop coming yeah what we've seen it's what's been a theme here the past couple of years that they won a championship and i think even back to some of those previous championship teams is We'll feel good about OU going into the postseason. We feel good about OU going into the postseason this year. They've won 42 consecutive games now. But they have a unique ability of taking it to another level once the postseason hits. And having someone on the roster that, you know, maybe they've been up and down or they've been pretty good but not dominant. But one particular player, we saw that with G. Juarez a couple of years ago. We saw that with Hope Troutwine last year. Like, they don't need one pitcher to carry them to a championship. They have, I think, four legitimate ones now if you throw in Kirsten Deal. But 
someone is going to emerge and play by far and away their best softball, and I'm interested to see who it is. But this team overall just figures out a way to play their best ball when it matters. It's it's pretty crazy. Pretty incredible. And um, I expect it to keep rolling. I mean, they've, they've got more experience than anyone in the country by a mile when it comes to postseason play. So they're used to expectations. I mean, that's nothing new. Right? There's there's really nothing that they haven't seen. So they've come back on people late. They've they've bounced back from from difficult games and, and upset losses. So yeah, they've yeah. they've seen it all, man. Kendall says, "Am I the only one who feels cheated out on watching more softball when OU run rules all these opponents?" Kendall, you're not the only one. Patty Gasso feels that way. I mean, when your yeah. head coach basically says before the year, "Yeah, I'd like it if we don't have as many <laughs> run rule games for development." kind of down our roster yeah. that's insane was it last year was it after i can't remember if it was after a regional or super regional or maybe it was even the big 12 tourney all right something happened like they won it wasn't like they didn't win but she was not mad but they went back and had some of their toughest practices that they'd had all year so there's there's also a little bit of there's an inner scoreboard quite a bit yeah and and she's she's gonna wake them back up here at some point whenever they get rolling in the postseason all right hello here we go uh this is not this is not time to coast we're gonna kind of reset the clock on what's happening so no it's good stuff good coaching all right quick time out keep hitting the knippelmeyer text line six five one three four three nine out here at Riverwind Casino. Come see us. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Holy hell! Friends like Beth by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. Friday on the rush, OU softball on to the Big 12 championship game after a 9-0 win over Iowa State earlier today. They'll play the winner of Texas and Kansas coming up tomorrow afternoon at Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City. Who is the last uh, true two-way player for OU football you can think of? Is it um, Andre Wolfolk, who we've been talking talking about a lot this week? Oh, True two way, like yeah. what do you consider true two way? Like in a game, would you know more than one game where he played both sides of the football? Mostly you see it at corner and wide receiver, I guess. But I'm just like Travis Hunter at Colorado is going to get uh, going to get a lot of attention this year for being the most noteworthy two way player that we've seen in a while. And I was just trying to figure out the last time OU had that. Gosh. Was it was it Bridges, Trajan Bridges? Remember when he played defensive back and he basically just threw that guy to the ground in a yeah, game? Yeah, that was it. Was it Bridges? Was that in a game or a spring game? That no, was, that was a game, yeah, wasn't it? Was, it? it was in a game, late in the game, yeah. Um, I don't – I honestly don't know. I can't remember. Uh, probably Wolfolk. Hmm. It just it, it not that it was ever well I, I think definitely back in like the 30s and 40s like that era that it was definitely a sure. thing but even in the 90s there were some pretty good two-way players I, I I guess it just you don't see it that much Champ Bailey did it at Georgia 
Uh, we know what kind of corner Champ Bailey was in the NFL. Yeah. But he also led Georgia in receiving yards and touchdown receptions in 98. Charles, Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that he led the team in receiving yards either until today. Charles Woodson did it 97 and won the Heisman. That's probably the most notable one. Miles Jack at UCLA. It's a little bit more recent. Chris Gamble at Ohio State. Jabril Preppers at Michigan. I don't know if that's ever going to become a trend again with Travis Hunter doing it, but I just it's been a long time since OU's had one of those. Uh, yeah, I'm, it has. I, I can't even think of – I can't think of any. Um, not that it, not that it hasn't happened. I just I can't think of them off the top of my head. Now, when I say yeah. like two way player, I mean offense and defense, not defense right. and special teams. Like we're getting sure. some JT Thatcher and Reggie Smith, and I don't remember those guys playing any wide receiver. No. Did Reggie Smith? Did he play running back some? Reggie Smith, I don't remember him playing running back if he okay. did. All right. Someone's saying Davis Bevel, he played for both us and Texas last year. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, I guess. I see what you did there. Good point, guy. Um, I mean, you only did it one game, but you played both sides of the yeah. ball in your career. I'm not saying that that yeah. counts, but it's one of the that doesn't only good count. examples we have of it. That doesn't count. Um, right, if you're counting stuff like that, I think in 03 they – they played Tommy Harris at, at uh, was it tight end or maybe even fullback on the goal line uh, in a in a game or two. Like you've seen stuff like that where you'll you'll put like a a defensive lineman. I'm not necessarily saying Oklahoma, but you'll teams will put like a premier defensive lineman at like tight end or fullback uh, on on goal line, uh, but. You think that That's ever really be- it. You and think that ever becomes a trend ever? Like people see, like if Travis Hunter ends up being a first round pick, I mean, I, I I don't necessarily because you have to have the ability to play both, and not everyone does. I just it's just interesting that that's such a lost art in the in the game. Yeah, and let's be honest, Travis Hunter so far has done it at Jackson, Jackson State. Sure, Jackson State, and he's going to do it at Colorado, but. You know, I, he's not going to be – well, I don't know. I guess I'd be shocked if it's something that he – he's not going to go out there and do it on a team that's winning two games and look bad doing it. He's going to say, all right, I'll play corner. You know, at least that would be my hunch. Like, it's one thing to do it on a team that's beating everybody because you got way more talent. It's another thing whenever you're getting beat like a drum week in, week out to go out there and play both sides. Seriously. Because then it looks like, well, you're bad on both sides of the ball. You're not good yeah. on both sides. I guess Charles Woodson has to be labeled as the best two-way player in college football history. Won the Heisman doing it. Yeah, and I see, it's been so long ago that I remember him, and I know he wasn't, but I just remember him as a returner. So... Right. Well, yeah, Even, he was pretty good at that, too. But sure, yeah. 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 Golly. Yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers. Incred- uh, he had a stupid career at Michigan that ended with the Heisman. Steve Zabel was our tight end, but we had no pass rush, so he played defense, too. There's a Sooner there legend for you, Steve Zabel. Yeah. Ohio Sooner, does 2014 Trevor Knight count as a two-way player? He played quarterback and then linebacker after his interceptions. <laughs> so this is how the text line works. 
if we throw out a question to them and it's like, you know, it, it, it's something that you could easily know, they, they flood it, man, with the right answers. If they don't know it, they'll just send in funny responses like that. Right. So I don't hate it. No, the other only other thing that you'll see, other than like defensive linemen on goal line, you'll see like tall wide receivers on Hail Mary yep. plays where they play the back line. Um, yeah. Brent from Jinx says, would have loved to have seen AD at safety. You know, I, I don't think that very many players could play significant snaps on both sides and still play at a high level. I think that's really taxing. Adrian Peterson, I, I firmly believe, absolutely could do it. Even as a even as a running back in the I formation, like that guy just, I don't know. As we say on this show, he was different. I'm pretty convinced yeah. that he could have played he could have been a two-way player and been productive on both sides. Well, it's difficult to do it on both sides. At, like You can do it at corner and wide receiver. It's hard to do it like at safety. It's a totally different animal because safety, there's so much more required mentally uh, adjustments-wise and, and blitz-wise and all run fits and all the different things that you have to do. Corner, not nearly as much, especially if, you know, a lot of teams are heavy man-to-man teams. And if you're one of those stud corners, you're going to follow around the stud wide receiver the entire game. That's about all you're going to do. So it's easy to play both sides of the ball in a situation like that. But positions where you're required to know everything, make adjustments, communicate, call things out, you know, fit the run, play the pass, be involved in blitz packages. Like that that's a whole different animal. Now something significant potentially has just developed on the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Okay. This text, first time texter, Reginald Smith, talking about Reggie Smith there. We split him out at receiver. He was a return man and played in the secondary. And the mm-hmm. text is signed Goot. G-U-T-E. At least that's how I'm pronouncing it. Now Goot, when I think of that, I think of Jacob Gutierrez, right? That was yeah. his nickname. And the text is from a 2110 area code, which just happens to be San Antonio's area code. So I'm thinking that Jacob Gutierrez just texted the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for the first time. At least that's what I'm hoping for. How about that? And what a stud, by the way, right? Talk about fan favorite right there. Oh, that's great. I, look at you putting all the pieces yeah. together. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just enough of a nerd that I can be a detective when I need to to see former players are texting in. Ah, uh, that's great. That's great. I think I crossed – Was did I cross over just one year with with him or was it two? Was his first year 03? Yeah, that, that seems right. Goot, let us yeah. know when your first year was. How about yeah. that? Yeah, appreciate uh, you hitting the text line. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, at, there you go. At least I think it's him. I'm just going – that's my story today, sticking to that. Got to be. Got to be. Too many um, Too many coincidences there, Tyler. Are you looking through your phone to see if you have his number or something? No. Oh, okay. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Um, that's good. So, all right, then Reggie Smith, then. There we go. 
Apparently, J.T. Thatcher started uh, at running back against Nebraska in 97. Yeah, he did. Um, did he play? He didn't play quarterback, though. Did, maybe he was a high school quarterback. Probably. Yeah. Probably just, they just snapped in the ball and let him run around. He was, he was the Brian Urlacher of uh, high school football. Hey, go yeah. play safety. Go play corner. Uh, we'll throw it to you. Just return it. Just kind of do everything, JT. How does that sound? See, and I keep trying to remember, like, I'm having this this flashback of someone defensively having to split time and keep going back over to the offense randomly during practice. And I can't remember if it was just like a one-week like one game plan thing where maybe they were involved somehow or if it was maybe I'm just thinking of Wolf doing it that, that time in 01. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it'll come to me here in a minute. Yeah. Stud. Absolute stud. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number one next here from Riverwind. Make the right call for OU coverage. She's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the Rush. Hopefully you didn't get any storm damage last night, but... If you did, cavensgroup.com, they can help you out with anything going on with your home or your office building. That's Cavens Group, cavensgroup.com. This is a little sad. The birthplace of the air raid evolution in college football is closing its doors after 181 years due to ongoing financial issues. Mm. The birthplace of the air raid closing its doors. That's Iowa Wesleyan University when in 1989 they hired a little-known Texas high school coach by the name of Hal Mummy to lead its NAIA program. So uh, Mike Leach was the offensive line coach out there. Dana Holgerson was the wide receivers coach out there. And I guess Biedenboe played at Iowa Wesleyan under uh, Hal Mummy for one year. Wow. What a, what a place. What That's a place great. with some names. Um, so did they – do you know – did they stay in AIA for their for the duration? Um, they moved up to division. Oh no, no uh, maybe it, I don't. I don't know if it says it here. I think yeah. that's probably the case. I was going to say like, uh, division one teams should uh, in in honor of every single offense in the country now running some versions or pieces of the air raid offense. Everyone should, like, pay a little bit of a fee uh, to keep that program up and running. Yeah. Right? Well, Mississippi State wouldn't be one of those. I I don't know if that was a tough decision for Zach Arnett or not, you know, coming off the heels of Mike Leach passing away. But, like, Mississippi State's going to throw the ball, but it doesn't sound like they're going to look very similar to what they have been previously, which is interesting. Yeah. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two of The Rush coming up here from Riverwind Casino. Stay tuned.